0: Oh yeah, we go. Let's go. Okay. Uh
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah.
0: What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate
1: and John,
0: baby and John. Today we are gonna recap whatever the heck it was that we just watched. <laughs> UFC Fight Night, Bobby Green versus Grant Dawson. Wow. Holy yeah. cow. Lots to talk about there with that one. Well, not a lot, but yeah. a lot. very interesting <laughs> result there. Uh, then we're going to get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night, uh, which is main evented by Sadiq Youssef versus Edson Jr. Barbosa. Barbosa. Um, and finally, all uh, we have been off for a week, so there is a lot to cover here with the news and all the happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more. Uh, but first, uh, John, how we doing? Episode 153 of the Neon Belly Podcast, uh, or as some people have called it, the number of possible type combinations in the Pokemon series episode um, mm. of the Neon Belly Podcast. That means nothing to me.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not big on the Pokemon. I, I have no idea what type had the cards and middle combinations school about are. it. Didn't
0: even have cards, so yeah. didn't really mean much to me. But you know, when people say it, you know, we got to say it too.
1: <laughs> That's true. You got to stay with the times, man.
0: Absolutely. Um, as mentioned there, um, well, I guess I don't really know if I worded it correctly in the intro, but. Uh, We are recording this, what, literally 15 minutes after (laughs) uh, the main event. Uh, John's got a game he's going to tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, Sunday, when we typically record. Um, And as you can tell, no Brandon. He is in Oklahoma at a wedding. Um I was planning on doing a game this week but um can't do that with just me and you That's so true. uh we're going to have to shelf something shelf it and do something next week when he's back. Um but yeah, the, so the the episode or the fights just ended um and we had to get it done as quickly mm-hmm. as possible tonight uh that way you can go uh to your game and stuff tomorrow. Uh so I guess we can kind of start there uh and first do a little housekeeping and that is um Obviously, we're recording this Bellator 300. Well, the main card hasn't even started. It starts right. here in about 15, 20 minutes. Um, so no Bellator 300 results here because mm-hmm. um, I know this, this comes out Monday. So right. I don't want anybody screaming that we forgot <laughs> the biggest Bellator card possibly of right. all time. Um, if anything happens, I mean, we're gonna. I'm gonna watch it. Um, if anything happens, we will definitely bring it up. Noteworthy, um, you know, we'll definitely bring it up. Obviously, we were just talking about. Um, Alima Malay McFarlane missing weight, so now mm-hmm. she can't even win the belt. Uh, which is pretty interesting, right? Because this is Bellator, we're talking about, and Bellator is, I mean, this on a this, timer, the title may never be contended again.
1: Yeah, and so, if and if Carmouche loses, the title just gets dropped and it might not ever get picked up. How
0: crazy would that be? How wild <laughs>
1: that's would mysterious. That, be. That, that would that kind of fits in for doing uh, you know a huge card. Obviously, <sighs> they have other stuff that they're still trying to book out as they run yeah. this clock out. Um, but what? Yeah. If,
0: yeah, yeah. Imagine if it just goes away and no, a vacant champion in a division, crazy. Um, also, uh, as we were watching, or as we are sitting here on a Saturday night, have to talk about it off top. Uh, let us give a huge shout out to Gaha's very own Kyle Thomason, uh, who made his MMA pro debut tonight. Got a massive, massive. Uh, first round TKO victory. Um, and you know, I better not use that analogy. But you know, Kyle learned tonight that uh, he can use elbows now, and there's a professional. Uh, and he utilized them to great effect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, man, uh, could have could have submitted the guy. I mean, if anybody knows Kyle, he's, you know, one of one of the probably best grapplers in you know indiana you know Mm -hmm. that even branches out a little bit even into the midwest i would say um you know once dante leone went pedigo (laughs) kind of knocked kyle off the throne (laughs) 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 you still got jacob ham or jacob couch you know as well you know there's definitely people better but kyle's up there especially Mm -hmm. in indiana phenomenal phenomenal grappler um got this guy's back and again that's a place where kyle just excels uh, could have submitted this guy seventeen different ways, um, but instead chose violence—pure violence—and yeah. just rained elbows. Maybe
1: on he's this trying guy. to get people to like lay off of like being afraid <laughs> to fight him because of his submission stuff.
0: I have no idea, but uh, what a performance! What a way to make your debut! Uh, super excited to see how far Kyle can True. take this man. Um, you know he's dedicated. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been around now for what? 6 years, 7 mm-hmm. years. We were just trying to figure that out actually last week. 6 or 7 years. Um and Kyle's our our, our day one. Yeah. We walked into Gaha our very first day and it was just me, you, and Kyle, right? Probably
1: the reason we stay, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> great <this> teacher. <laughs> you know,
1: we were able to learn a lot starting out from him. Yeah. Like, if he was a bad teacher, or, you know, not a good guy, yeah we probably was just like, dude, this sucks. It's 6 a.m. We're sweating. Yeah. He's got the heat on.
0: So, me and John were both on midnight shift when we started jujitsu. Um, And Kyle had uh, just kind of started morning classes or was doing morning classes. Um, And there was a lot of mornings where it was literally just me, you, and Mm him. Um, And we were just Kyle's like weird dummies practice dummies but we were like way too big for him to really yeah. <laughs> like you it was just hilarious well uh, this guy's
1: preparing for huge guys too that are actually good at you that's true. So he's like put weight on me let me figure it out and yeah now he's this guy that we know now
0: yeah so I can't wait to see what Kyle does um we still have artist scrap is still going on as we're talking right now um waiting on the Lorenzo uh Trevino fight As well, he's making his pro debut. So this could get a little awkward because I don't know how we're going to talk and not watch that. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking what we might do. This is impromptu. I didn't say this before we started. But what we might do, because I really do want to watch Lorenzo's, is when it comes up, we might just pause it on the laptop. Okay? Mm. And then leave it paused. We'll do our regular stuff, get out of here, and then maybe at the end we'll do like a live watch-along yeah. <laughs> for Lorenzo's fight uh, if anybody cares to uh, right. see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how it I goes. I did see, uh, we'll see the, where we're at in the episode.
1: In the Gaha chat, there was, I guess, a really good quotable from Kyle in his post-fight.
0: Oh, was it the one? I watched it. Was about the floor. Yeah,
1: hit us up if you want a yeah. bunch of MMI, MMA guys to do your floor.
0: And as we speak, Lorenzo is actually making his entrance right now. <laughs> Uh, so this is pretty, pretty interesting how we're going to do this. Um, I kind of just want to like stop the episode maybe for a minute. And yeah. maybe I mean, they would never know. People will never know. Maybe we just stop, watch this. I mean, we're definitely going to leave this in. Right. Uh, so maybe we'll just stop real quick. It's probably the best move. Let's yeah, let's just jump back in. Do you know how to pause this without messing up the Would you be able to add two recordings in?
1: Uh, I'd have to just put it into a machine or something.
0: Okay. I thought I out. thought there was a way to pause it though.
1: Um, I'm not 100%.
0: Hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to pause it. <laughs> or I'll just stop it. Yeah, We'll be right back. Yeah. And just like that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lorenzo Trevino defeats... J Viola Viola I believe it was Via third round TK Or knockout
1: Flying knee baby Holy
0: cow man What a knee by Lorenzo There at the end Of the third round I think they said 17 seconds were left mm-hmm. There Wow
1: Buzzer beater baby
0: Man uh, And just an all round I mean just The whole fight Was all uh Lorenzo yeah, great Has to be said Just teeing that guy Up that that J guy, I think they said he was 48. He was tough as nails, mm-hmm. man. He just took a beating and kept coming forward. So uh, congrats to Lorenzo there, man. Um, getting his first pro win. you know, he spent a ton of time out with uh, Team Alpha Male and mm-hmm. Uriah Faber and all those guys and done a lot of traveling, obviously training at IBG as well, full-time or more full-time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you could tell.
1: Yeah, no, Artist Craft such a great product, man.
0: <sighs> so clean. Yeah, I mean, it really is.
1: Right, and, you know – Kind of like he said, you know, the, they're getting names on these cards to where, you know, you're going to see some Indiana talent face some big people. So if you're connected in this uh, scene, right. definitely look out.
0: All right, John, let's get to it. UFC fight night. But before we do rate sub follow, let the people know,
1: you know, what we're here to do guys. If you're uh, listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. Uh, leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a ton. We read them on the show. It's really fun. Um, you can get us on social media on neon belly podcast. That's Instagram. That's TikTok. That's YouTube. or on X on neon belly pod. So just come out and show love and it helps us out and it gives us some more encouragement Encouragement To keep on doing what we're doing
0: John UFC Fight Night This past Saturday from the UFC Apex and in our main event Bobby Keith Green defeats Grant Dawson via First round knockout Um John, my jaw hit the ground so hard that uh, both of my chins are still hurting. I mean, holy cow. Uh, Bobby Green just lands a slick uh, left hand just Just straight straight down the middle, man. Grant Dawson didn't see it coming. I don't think Bobby Green didn't even see it coming. He thought he hit him with the right hand. (laughs) Um and all that I ask is uh that nobody goes back and listen to episode 152 and hear what I had to say about this matchup um because this proves I know nothing Jon Snow.
1: Embarrassing.
0: Uh uh but at the same time this is also exactly why I love this sport. Oh yeah. All at the same time.
1: Yeah it doesn't mean, I mean you know here's what I will say When I seen, when I heard Bobby Green come out to Sexy Reds, I was like, okay. And then Grant Dawson comes out to something that nobody even ever heard of. Like the stark difference is Bobby Green was so loose from the beginning. But you still kind of felt like a takedown was going to come and then yeah. runs right into a left hand that was like a spear, like a piston, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty unreal. Yeah, the ski, that was kind of like when um, uh, Brendan Allen came out. I can't remember who he was fighting and he had the Shafkot hat mm-hmm. on, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I need to change my pick right now. Brendan <laughs> Allen is winning this fight. Yeah, uh, But, man, you know, Bobby Green, he just beat the number 10-ranked guy <laughs> in the world. Being an unranked fighter, he... Um, He was a huge underdog coming into this. I think he was like a three to one underdog. Uh, what the heck uh, should they do now with Bobby Green? You know, because you'd have to assume with now back-to-back wins over Tony Ferguson and now Grant Dawson, again, ranked number 10, that he will himself uh, be ranked. And, I mean, John, honestly, I truly believe that no matter what and who Bobby Green, like, no matter what they do with him and whoever they put him in with, in there with, uh, he is capable of doing this to anybody in the mm-hmm. UFC lightweight division. I, and, and, again, I know you can go back to everything I said Last week about this matchup, embarrassing. Yeah, I get it. But like at the end of the day, that and I even said then like it's not that I don't di- I love Bobby Green, right? Um, and there will be probably other matchups. I'm sure he's probably gonna get a pretty decent name, yeah. In this next one, and there's a big chance I'm gonna pick the other person for a lot of the same reasons why I right. picked Grant Dawson in this one, but. Uh, man, just that ability. It's almost like a Derek Lewis ability of like mm-hmm. you just truly never know.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I think it's kind of like, um, you know, we see it with basketball where it's like even if you, this is a guy you never heard of and he doesn't get a lot of play, he's a pro in the biggest yeah. league. Like if he goes to another league or if he goes to like the, the local rec league, he's putting 100 points on anybody, Like sure. the, those guys at the end of the bench. And Bobby Green has been in there with everybody, and the I mean, biggest of the big.
0: Let me pull up real quick the rankings. I mean, the thing about it is right now at this point, too, is... The fight didn't even make sense to make. It, did. no, and then, it didn't. That's exactly what I was saying <laughs> last week. That's everything I said last week. And, I mean, I'll just keep hitting it. And I don't even care. Yeah. I mean, but, like, when you look at these rankings, like, you know, uh, Diego Fajeda at number 15, you know, obviously Matt Favula, I think, has a fight coming up. Who's he fighting? He's um, in the uh, – uh, Benoit Saint-Denis. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hinato Moicano, Jalen Turner, RDA, you know, Grant Dawson, Dan Hooker. I mean, that yeah. they, they have fought before, haven't they? Haven't Bobby Green and Dan Hooker fought? I don't know about that I mean, if one. not, sign me up for that. Yeah. I mean, that I thought they did. Uh, I'm going to
1: go back real I quick. I could have
0: swore they did. Um, No, not Grand Austin. Let me see. I could have swore Bobby Green. and Maybe not, though. I don't think so. Oh, dude, if not. I mean, even if they have. Who run it back? Right. I don't even care who won. Yeah, I don't think they have. No. I'm... No. I mean, I would love to see that. But that's the thing with Bobby Green is... I don't think you have to kind of, like, go easy here. Like, you can kind of just throw him in. I mean, clearly he was unranked and you just gave him the number 10 guy, right? Right. I mean, if we had, like, you know, I know – I don't know if it's in the news or not um, – probably not, and that's okay. It wasn't a huge newsly thing, but uh, Dana White did say uh, it was either this past Tuesday or the Tuesday before the contender series that um, they're considering expanding the rankings to the top 25, I believe. Mm. Um, So, like, let's say if that was the case right now. You know, a guy like Bobby Green coming off the Ferguson, he'd probably be somewhere in, you know, the 15 to 20 range, possibly, and just beat the 10-ranked guy. So, I mean... Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, this is all very fresh. Obviously, like I said, um, you know, the Lorenzo fight there kind of gave us (laughs) almost 15 minutes to kind of decompress a little bit. But um, very impressive by Bobby Green and just shutting up and silencing most of the MMA community. I did not um, really see a whole lot of people taking him in this fight, obviously. You know, there's people that were fans of him, obviously, that are you know, pulling from for him for that reason, but uh, just a big win, man. Well, it's
1: one of those things where, you know, we see these fight night cards that exist so they can highlight one guy in, you know, in sometimes in a main event. And that's what this was. Grant Dawson was begging for a main event. They found somebody who you know is in that range, I guess for them, as far as viewership, as far as a recognizable name, because he's fought Islam because he's fought Tony and everybody else that he's fought. But then he just like scoops up the opportunity. And, you know, that's why as, as confident as we ever are, How many times this year have we been so, so confident?
0: Yeah, I know nothing. I mean, like I said, I mean, when you look at it in terms of just main events this year. Um, you know, obviously other than like Strickland and Izzy and Shevchenko and Garasso off top, this has got to be one of the bigger, bigger yeah. uh, main event upsets of the year. So, uh, like I said, couldn't be happier at the same time though, for a guy like Bobby Green to get a win like that. Right. I mean? Just, just sensational, man. And,
1: uh, and you know, it's funny as in the, you know, the lead up material that they're playing, he talks about like, Hey, maybe I do go for a title now. You know, people <laughs> don't pay attention to me if I don't have a title and it's like, Well, you did just beat the number 10 guy, so that's not a bad start.
0: Did fight Islam on 10 days' notice as well. So there's that. He does have that too. Uh, John, in our co main event, Joe Pfeiffer defeats Abdul Razak Al Hassan via second round head and arm choke. Um, And I'm not even going to say the corny Joe Pfeiffer, be Joe, like, whatever, punchline. I'm over it. Right. Uh, He's past that. He's elevated. He's more than this punchline, this tagline, right? but, man, this fight had the tension of a heavyweight bout oh. when it started. Like, you could, like, I feel like I wasn't in the apex, but I bet you could have, like, cut the air with, like, oh, a knife. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just tense, man. The whole time, you knew either man could put the other out. Um, but then in the end, it's Joe Pfeiffer, who not only gets the dude on the ground, uh, but displayed some sensational takedowns as well. Dumps.
1: Um, Those weren't even takedowns. Those are dumps.
0: It just was impressive, man. And then gets the finish. Um and John, I'm, I'm going to say something, um, that I think even I have to admit is a little bit nuts. Um, and I realize it may sound silly in like six months to a year. Uh, but I seriously, seriously get Hamzat vibes here from money bags, mm. Joe Pfeiffer. Uh, I truly believe, um, this guy is going to reach the pinnacle of the sport. Meaning I do believe he is a bang on mm-hmm. future title challenger, um, I think um, physically he's impressive. As a middleweight, he looks like Ow. a 205. Yeah, looks like a they 205. They look like three or.
1: different weight classes in there, man. And, and yeah. he's, he didn't face a small guy either. And
0: that's the thing with, like, Alex Pineda, right? Like, cutting down from 205, 85, it was always impressive. But is kind of like a little string bean. Like, he's a little mm-hmm. long. He's a little limmy. Not Piper. is Thick boy, I mean, yeah. dude, dude, like he's more built like Dominic Reyes, you know. who's looks like he
1: eats Mondo burgers. That's <laughs> yeah. all I'm saying, dude.
0: Uh, but then you know, not only just the power in the hands, but the speed and technique as mm-hmm. well. Um, and now uh, to see takedowns um, and how slick and easy they seem to be for him. I mean, dude, he just picked up Al Hassan like he was nothing. Yeah, uh, Razak Al Hassan maybe not the tallest in terms of size, but he's a thick middleweight yeah. as well. Um and uh, you know, at the end there Piper said he was scared to death to fight Al Hassan. And I do get it. I understand what he means there. But I think now guys are gonna be afraid to fight Joe Piper. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking.
1: Well, and, you know, as, as far as just how the fight went, I thought Al Hassan landed a good punch early. That kind of made it like a he had some respect, and then he just could not find any of his punches. And that second round, those calf kicks, looked like they were starting to add up, and that's when Pfeiffer shot that huge double leg, yeah. got the dump and got the finish um, from the Vaughn flew into that arm triangle. <clears> that was just, you could tell, it was just over. I mean, the dude had to start tapping with his leg because he tried to tap with his fist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the middleweight's starting, you know, as crazy, as the stagnant as things were at one point, they're it's starting, I mean, how many guys, like, there's nobody calling out, for the most part, like a bow nickel. There's not going to be very yeah. many people trying out, you know, especially for talking about wanting, a, you know, a better contract, too. That might come into effect with him getting matchups as well.
0: Yeah, he did, he did, so, like, that is an interesting thing to bring up. He did earlier in the week, I, and I don't really know, Off the top, I don't recollect the full quote, but essentially it seemed like he was saying um, if the UFC want him to start fighting... Uh, top fifteen opposition mm-hmm. or bigger name people that they're gonna have to like start coming with some more money. Essentially, like you know, you kind of brought up when we were talking about it at Jiu Jitsu. It's it's kind of like the Patty Pimblet said it. Sh- mm-hmm. You know, Sean O'Malley has said it. Um, but where I'm at with Joe Pyfer is, you, I mean, pay hey that man, Dana pay that man. <laughs> I mean, right. It's time to pay up. I mean, this dude is for real. Well, for
1: real, and and I think real. the way he said it in the post fight actually made me made it feel a little bit easier, not easier to hear, but a little bit more understanding. He's basically saying. I need to have more money to invest in myself. Yeah. As far as you know, probably he might be still working a job. Who knows how some of these guys on the smaller end are doing? So,
0: and I, and I know he said like you know people took the words and, and minced them a little bit and made it sound like he. Had, when guys say that, like, like if somebody goes and complains about their pay, um, I guess me, like I, I don't really. I hate to put us in the bubble of, like, MMA media or anything like that, but we do have a podcast where we talk about it every week, right? Um, So to some extent we are. I guess I can speak for myself is I don't ever take, like, when a a fighter speaks out on that is they personally have an issue with Dana White or the UFC, you know, brass. I mean, ultimately, yeah, those people may be playing to that a little bit because they do sign off on the checks. But um, at the end of the day, I guess I'm just even personally somebody that I can always separate, like, personal and business pretty well. Right. Um. And and so I'm glad he got his chance to kind of clear the air there and say like, look, I have nothing against Dana White or anybody else. Um. Yeah. And you should you should want more money. Like, right. You know. And, and I think Dana White would agree with that as well. Well, and so. there's a
1: level of you know, close mouth, don't get fed. If they think you're okay with making this money, they're going to keep on. I mean, it, it works for them. That's business that they obviously they signed that contract to. Everything works out, but. I mean when you're putting on performances like this yeah. In a co-main event spot I mean So
0: that's what makes it tough man like what do they do With it ne- him next you know uh, you know, Do they give him a ranked guy like Fluffy Hernandez or Chris Curtis kind of Right inside there in the top 15 um, Or maybe do you give him another Unranked guy with a name kind of Like this and just kind of continue the Slow build like let it be you know build him up Kind of like what we're seeing them do a little bit here with Bo Nickel um, you know a name That's so hard I and I'm, I'm always Speaking out against fights like this because I Hate seeing like young guys kill each other off, especially before they're even in the top 15. Uh, but man, him versus Roman Kopilov would just be, yeah, uh, just sensational, sensational matchup or, um,
1: uh, Kyle Bohayo. Is Kyle, that- yeah. yeah, I don't
0: know where that guy is, he kind of just like.
1: I think he kind of did a pay me thing too, but, um, I I mean, he's not in the top 15, obviously, but he's on a streak as well. So yeah. And
0: I hate that. I mean, I hate, no, Kyle won. I remember he called out Bo Nickel. Yeah. Yeah, he did. That was that was this and year. I still don't I understand why it.
1: they have Calvin Gastelum in the top 15.
0: I mean, it's the same. Dude, I could go through, like, same thing with RDA and lightweight. Didn't I say last time he hasn't won a yeah. lightweight fight in, like, four years? Because they, like like Pahe- they finally
1: took Pajeda out. I mean, but-
0: Kamzad's still in welterweight, even though he's confirmed he's a middleweight from here on out. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's...
1: Uh, Save I, some room for some weirdness, I guess, y- is what I'm getting at.
0: No, for sure, for sure. Um... But, yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do with Joe Pfeiffer, but, man, I I hate to sound like – I don't know what the term would be, but, like, I just really think this guy is for real.
1: I mean, put him on a Philly card, man. That would be huge. Do a fight night there. Let him, you know, main event – if. I mean that's probably the best way for him to get more money is to be yeah. a main event maybe get the top 15 fight or whatever
0: yeah I mean even if you did a Philly card I mean there's plenty like you could do like Sean Brady as the main event, right. being another Philly guy I mean there, there's plenty of people you could you know Paul Felder could make his return Sean Brady in the main event Felder <laughs> right. co-main Pfeiffer third five I mean you could definitely do like a really heavy Philly card if they wanted to and, it's,
1: and you know it's interesting too now though because he does this big showing at, at, as a co-main event yeah so do you I mean, how do you keep put like like going into? You can't be prelim again. I don't feel like you uh, know. Well,
0: unless a pay per view, but yeah, no. But I even don't think then, so. like that's
1: a huge performances, man.
0: No, I agree. Unless I mean, unless it was the main event of a preview, like a paper. A pay per view, and it was a big fight with like real meaning behind it right. that would get people excited. You know, I could see that, but no, I agree. He's definitely main card status at this point, which again gets back to the money thing and why I think yeah. he's saying, like, if you, yeah, like, I'm kind of at this next level now, you know, coming in off the contender series, I'm sure he's not making a ton of money. That was only like three fights ago, right? <laughs> like, well, and, yeah, and he, that's crazy.
1: And you know, even getting more into like how crazy this middleweight division is getting, right? Bo Nichols, not even ranked. And he's going to always be on main cards, yeah. pay-per-view or not. You know, like I said, somebody like a Pfeiffer, the way he's performing, like it's hard to, to like unless you're going to make him the main event of a prelim of a huge pay-per-view card, it's going to be hard to do that. So they're going to have to start shaking up that ranking yeah. and giving these guys you know, a little bit higher clout so you can actually make more sense of it.
0: Our next fight, John, walkie Buckley defeats Alex Morono via unanimous decision. A uh, great performance, man, by Buckley, who continues mm-hmm. to impress um, in now his second welterweight fight. He is now 2-0 and as a UFC welterweight. Um, I think at times it was a little wild, you know, defensively a little shaky. Um, he definitely put himself in trouble a couple times. Uh, but it's just nice to see Buckley be able to physically compete now in these fights, mm-hmm. right? I think he is a true welterweight. Um, I mean, his cardio even seems, seems yeah. sensational. We saw him at 185 at times, gas, you know. Yeah. Um, so to see him here 15 pounds lighter and pushing a pace like that for three rounds was just super super impressive by Joaquin Buckley. Mm-hmm. And um, this fight was all Buckley. I mean, like I said, Morono had a couple moments, but for the most part, um, him pushing that pace and, and everything was just wow.
1: Well, so. and Morono even said before, like, I can't stand in front of this guy, I have to wrestle, I have to mix it up. There, Joaquin was having none of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, this dude full on sprinted into a takedown attempt yeah. at the beginning of right the at fight. The
0: beginning. So did Joe Pyfer. What was yeah it? I don't isn't know, it funny dude. once you see like one thing we just see it like four times on right. the card. Yeah. Um
1: but like you know like you said, best I've probably seen Buckley in a long time. Yeah. And I mean these are you
0: just physically he's not like facing Joe Pyfer. I mean imagine like walking Buckley Right. like, like it- I mean, the fact that he ever fought at it and had any success at all is crazy. I mean, because Mm -hmm. let's—I mean, he won fights at middleweight, and there was times where he looked fun and dangerous at middleweight. Right. Um, I mean,
1: his first win. Yeah. yeah. Against the dude from PFL when he did that spin kick, like.
0: No, I agree. It's just—it's just like, oh man, I'm so glad that he finally got himself to this point to accept of like being in a welterweight, and I know it's not easy, but. Again, physically, he still looks great as a welterweight. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you could even argue better than ever.
1: And these are two wins at welterweight against two very well respected welterweights. It's not like he started back at the bottom of the heap and, you know, at, at welterweight, because obviously he, he'd he had some good, decent success at middleweight. But now at welterweight, he's beat two really tough guys.
0: Yeah. I'm looking here. Yeah, dude, he's fought, he fought Chris Curtis, Nazardini Mavov. Um, be Albert Durayev, be Abdul Razak Al Hassan, which is just <laughs> <That's> <laughs> insane. what I'm
1: saying, man.
0: Insane, dude. What are you doing, Joaquin Buckley? Um, I mean, yeah. Just, oh, he fought. I didn't know he fought. Um, Impa Kasanganai, yeah, the one that yeah. kicked. Wow, that's crazy.
1: And then, like, the, you know, I'd said this, sent this to the group. Good for Kasanganai,
0: man. Right, like, the
1: turnaround reasons? for him. Wow. Yeah. Um, But for Buckley, like, you know, I'd sent some videos some months ago of him, like, going up to B-team and training. And yeah. even at the end there, to get out of that, um, Absolutely. out of some of those positions he was in in that guard and to get back up. If, yeah. it, even as well, like he showed a lot more kind of wrinkles to his game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I don't have any, we, we will run through a couple more results real quick. Didn't want to get too into the weeds on some of these. Cause I know it's late. You've got a game in the morning, mm-hmm. um, to get to, uh, but drew Dober, uh, oh. defeating Ricky Glenn. Wow. Uh, that was just a, a, a pounding. You just First have to round. be a
1: him to deal with drew Dober. Let's just say <laughs>
0: it, man. Like, I don't know. He is just a character too, man. I, I don't know. I, he, Drew Dober, you can tell, loves him some Drew Dober. Uh, Bill Algeo defeating uh, Alexander Hernandez. Going up. Unanimous decision. Uh, Bill Algeo looking great there. Uh, Big win for him. And, man, again, just sucks for Hernandez, man. I feel like we've said that so much on Mm -hmm. here. Like, um, just can't seem to get it going for whatever reason in his career and find consistency. Um, And then, man, the one that I've got to hit the siren for, (laughs) Nate Manus. Yes, sir. With the big first-round TKO finish. Uh, Wow, man. Just... A great performance. Again, Nate Kemp coming in as an underdog again in the UFC against a 10-1 and Brazilian. Uh, this guy comes in, Mendoza. Uh, Matez Mendoza was his name. Uh, and just is like heel hook city all over Nate Manis trying to heel hook him. Um, and Manis just literally had nothing. Literally knocked the guy out basically from his butt and then woke the guy back up with another shot. And then kind of did that like twice even really. Um... But uh, just a good performance man And like it's so funny because you know Obviously he had Dave Overfield in his corner Who mm-hmm. uh, people that don't know You know Dave trains uh, He owns runs nice guy Submission submission fighting uh, down in uh, Southern Indiana and in Evansville And uh, Maines trains there And those guys are just like phenomenal leg lockers right. I mean Bobby Emmons obviously He's uh, down in Florida now but came up through there and, and I know Nate spent a lot of time with him as well But um, that gym has just Some of the best leg lockers I mean in in general uh so when nate was there um you know i'm sure there's levels and it's different when it's in an mma fight but seemed very comfortable the whole time and i'm like yeah i'm not surprised he's (laughs) he's just kind of chilling out like he yeah he knew he was kind of okay and um yeah i'm sure they've put him in that several times so it's like uh Mendoza and his team, I believe he trains at Lima's with, uh, like, where Oliveira mm-hmm. trains. Didn't do their scouting report on where Nate main is training his right. Well, you
1: probably still think, like, well, but we're here.
0: Well, because you've just—well, and you've just seen him get dogged on the ground, you know, his last right. two fights by Tajir and uh, Umar. Um, but that was much different in terms of, like, just more, like, control and not really, right. like, them looking to, you know—well, um, I guess Tajir did submit him. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just—it's right. a different level. Like— you know, um, Mendoza went for the level change immediately and I was like, okay, that's a little interesting. And then just instantly started to try to sit back for legs. And I'm like, wow, you just don't, you don't see that a lot in MMA in general. Right. Um, but yeah, man, Nate Maness is probably not the one you want on top of you. And for
1: Nate to get off over a hundred shots in a round, like he was, most
0: of them off of his butt. Right. Like honestly sitting in like, really wasn't even 50 or, um, out like ashy because the guy kind of had both legs which you can't finish from there Mm -hmm. um but incredibly hard and i couldn't imagine that was the other thing like having his legs kind of threaded like that like man that's got to be hard even with the gloves to finish that like yeah and he just seemed like it wasn't really a big concern for him though but
1: big win couldn't be happier man yeah
0: glad to see him get back in the uh the win column uh vanessa dumalop dumalop Demop... I can't say it. Vanessa? No, Demopolis. Uh, won her fight. I saw there was some controversy right maybe around that decision there. I didn't really watch it, though. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Great fight night, though. Um, like I said, still just kind of ringing over the whole Bobby Green thing. That was nuts. Uh, did not get a chance to do scores, um, especially with Brandon being gone this week and uh, the fact that we jumped right into it. I don't even... I know we all picked... Uh,
1: grant, grant. i'm awesome. the only person who took a chance on abdul i'm trying to get make up some points i didn't get anything
0: yeah, and, <clears throat> and see i don't even know how i picked joe pifer so uh we'll get an update on those excuse me next week um And they'll be extra inflated because we're also going to make picks tonight. So it will reflect uh, last week's and this week's picks. Uh, So with that, uh, let's get into it, John. Uh, This Saturday, UFC Fight Night, October 14th, live from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're heading back, baby. (laughs) Another main card start time of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. And in our main event and in the featherweight division, we have number 11, Sadiq Youssef. Versus number 13, Edson Jr. Barbosa. Um, and let us start with Yusef, who is returning after uh, just over a year on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in with back-to-back wins over Alex Caceres. And in his last fight, a first-round submission win over Don Shainis in October of last year. Uh, Yusef holds a 6-1 record in the UFC with his only loss in the promotion being a decision loss uh, to Arnold Allen uh, but outside of Allen, Sadiq will face his second toughest test of his mm-hmm. career when he takes on the veteran Edson Barbosa. Uh, Barbosa comes into this fight off his first-round TKO victory over Billy Q uh, back in April. Yeah, I went back and watched that. What a knee. Uh, Barbosa has 28 UFC fights to his name, um, but has fought primarily in the lightweight division for most of his career. Um, and in May of 2020, he decided to drop down to 145 pounds. Um, and since moving down, he is just 3-3 three and three in the division, but his losses are against guys like Danny Ige, Bryce Mitchell, and Giga Chikadze. Right. Um... So I think this is a great test, you know, for Sadiq to see um, if he's at the level. I guess in a sense kind of like what we just saw with Dawson and Bobby Green, you know, uh, maybe not so much of a discrepancy, you know, especially mm-hmm. in terms of the rankings, but um, you know, to see if if Sadiq is at the level of some of these names, like a Chikadze, Bryce Mitchell, Dan because if he's not, uh, you know, Barbosa will make him pay, and he's going to con- continue, excuse me, to climb the featherweight division. Uh, so with that, uh, you know, John, i ask you who you're going to mm-hmm pick but uh let's come just on, come on love. ski ski <laughs> yeah.
1: no man you know um first of all edson is looking like cut like, I don't know. I mean, he never does it. No, but I'm saying even, it looks almost even more now. I don't know if maybe he's putting, he's just getting his stuff together. He looks great. Obviously, that last knee was good, but for, for Barbosa with me, not only am I a huge fan, but he's one of the guys that, you know, almost like of even Derek Lewis or Bobby Green, but just on a different level of, he has such a level of striking that, at any time if he can get his game going he can beat anybody he has the power he has the tools He can do a knee he could do an elbow We've seen him. you know Shane Burgos fights like there's he has these examples of if he's getting off weight his game plan He can beat anybody Um, and for Sadiq, I don't know if we've seen I mean, obviously you have the arnold allen fight who obviously arnold allen is amazing But outside of that, like you said, this is going to be his second biggest fight He hasn't fought a lot and for barbosa obviously coming off of that knee and just kind of building up momentum. So I'm taking Edson Barbosa here. I'm going to say second round knockout.
0: Second round knockout. All righty. Let's see here. Um, I, yeah, I agree. And I, and I see this as a pretty close and even matchup. You know, both guys do primarily, um, like to get their business done on the feet And though they're very different they are equally As dangerous in that mm-hmm. regard and, and in that Area uh, what's tough for me With Barbosa though is uh, since This move to featherweight as I mentioned there We just haven't seen you know much Consistency and at 37 that concerns Me a bit at 37 years of age I mean um, I think he is capable of Beating like guys like you yousef In a five round main event uh, where He actually does have more experience um, As you have yousef has never Gone five rounds um, and this is his first UFC main event as well Um, So there is a little bit of a pressure um, Attached to that for Youssef. Um, You know just kind of like the commentators even talked about uh, For Grant Dawson tonight Right Mm -hmm. like even on these small fight nights, man, when it's your face, your name on the poster, you know, that does mean something. And, you know, just like tonight, you never know, like Tom Brady just shows up out of nowhere, right? You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? Like, that that's just what it is, man. Like, I don't care how big or small. I mean, even on like a regional, like artist Scrap, like if you're the guy at the top, man, there's pressure, you know. And um, so that it will be interesting to see how uh, Yusef is able to, um, you know, kind of respond to that. Uh, we do say it a lot. Um with um, uh, Barbosa, excuse me, he uh, has shown issues in the past uh, with his cardio Um, So even with the inexperience of Sadiq Youssef, I do give him an advantage over five rounds because of that. Um, So I'm going to go with the youth here and the guy who, to me, has just shown a bit more consistency. Um, And I'll take Sadiq Youssef by unanimous decision. Um, The time off is a bit concerning. You know, as I mentioned there, he has been off for about a year. Um, But he had a similar layoff after the Arnold Allen loss, and he came back after a year and beat Alex Caceres. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think that that would be as much of an issue here. You know, he's got experience doing it. Um, right so
1: does have the better Twitter or X oh, sorry. You know,
0: his his uh, fight yeah the biggest thing about Sadiq Yousef is his fight breakdowns those are <laughs> A quality A plus for mm-hmm. me um Moving to the co-main event, John, we have a great co-main event in the women's uh, flyweight with uh, number nine, Jennifer Maya, versus number 11, Viviani out of Ujo. Uh, but we are not going to fully preview it here, um, so what I want to do is we'll just make this a one-pointer, I think, Okay. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say, I'll take Jennifer Maya in this one, uh, you know, Viviani, she's coming in off of two straight losses, uh, both by decision as well, um, which is big, because both of these ladies consecutively between them <laughs> have 14 straight. Decisions. Uh, Maya's last six straight, (laughs) six straight uh, were all decisions where she went three and three, and Otto Ujo's last eight fights were all decision where she went four and four. Right. Uh, So both of them sitting at five hundred right now in their uh, most recent decision fights. So I definitely do think it's going to a decision, no matter how you see it. Um, right. And I just kind of like Jennifer Maya to squeak it out, but the the method doesn't matter. We just need a name. Uh, yeah, I'm
1: gonna go. Jennifer Maya. I'm gonna go Jennifer Maya as well. I just think the higher level of competition. She's been in some huge, obviously title fights. So,
0: yeah, Adojo is one of those ones. I mean, like she definitely has the power and, and dynamic, you know, abilities, but. um just hasn't strung it together consistently and never like against, you know, the bigger names where I see like. And Casey O'Neal is
1: a huge win for Jennifer yeah. Maya.
0: No, I mean, hey, dude, Jennifer Maya fought Valentina Shevchenko and I don't think she's lost since, has she?
1: Um, since she's
0: fought Valentina? Oh, maybe she lost one in there.
1: I can tell you. Yeah. Well, she. Um, She fought after Valentina. She beat Jessica. I lost to Chikagian and Manon, and then she's won two in a row.
0: Okay. So she did lose a couple in there. Then I thought, I thought she'd done a little bit more. Um, but uh, this next fight that we're gonna, the one that we're actually gonna preview, really excites me. And that's why we're gonna. Jeez, that's why man. we're gonna give this one a little bit more attention. And it is in the men's band and weight division as number thirteen, Jonathan Martinez, will take on number fourteen, Adrian Yanez. Uh, Martinez comes into this fight having won his last five straight bouts. Uh, his last win was a unanimous decision victory over Said Nurmagomedov back in March, uh, which was definitely his biggest UFC win to date no doubt about it. Um, along with Martinez, his opponent Adrian Yanez is one of the brightest prospects in this Bantamweight division. Yanez comes into the UFC off of Dana White's Contender Series. Um, he went on to rattle off five straight UFC wins after his Contender Series contract, um, in which all but one of those were by KO or TKO finish as well in those five. Um, then in his last fight, Yanez fought his toughest test to date um, when he took on Rob Font back in April. He lost the Fight by first round TKO. Um, That was a great big test for Yanez. So Mm -hmm. we'll be interesting, right, to see how he bounces back from his first UFC loss. Because you know we've seen cases where fighters improve after taking a loss from taking such a big step up in competition. Mm -hmm. But we've also seen the opposite where they 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 kind of spiral a little bit, um, and it takes them a minute to get back into a winning form. Um, But regardless, I have this fight circled, highlighted uh, with some bold font because I think it's going to be straight fireworks. Uh
1: Oh man, I mean, I think the odds are at a pick them. I mean, these guys are like oh, virtually. That doesn't surprise me. They have such. Um, yeah, flip a coin. Yeah, the only difference you have is you have Jonathan Martinez with some some wins on the ground, like mixing that up. Yeah, but Adrian Yanes hasn't had to really do that because he just puts paws on people. Who are you taking? Um, man, I don't. I'm not ready to get off the Yanes train, man. I think that he fought. You know, probably the best Rob Font we've seen in a long time in that fight in Miami. You know, huge opportunity, got a little bit of a pushback, but now he gets a chance to write that. Jonathan Martinez is super tough as well. Um, you know, I don't feel like super, super confident, but I just do not feel like Adrian Yanez has, has lost what I see in him it's similar in some of the other people that, you know, we look at as like potentially being at the top of the, the divisions in in a couple of years. Um, so I'm going to take Adrian Yanez in this fight. I will say first round KO. I'm gonna try to put, put some points up, man.
0: Alrighty, yeah, I have no clue who wins this I I see it as a complete toss-up myself Um, I'm just such a fan of both of these guys Mm -hmm. I love what both of them do Um, Yanez is so fast Probably one of the, if not the best, pure boxers in this division In terms of just the hands, right? Um, And then Martinez is just such a complete striker overall Um, He just deploys some lethal leg kicks that drastically change fights Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, I think I'm ever so slightly going to lean Martinez in this one. Um, I think this is fight this fight is gonna go a little longer and I think the leg kicks and aggression from Martinez could be the difference maker. Um, not that I'm not saying Giannis isn't aggressive by right. any means by himself. Um, but we just saw also just saw Giannis struggle against another Southpaw and Rob font. Um, so I like the matchup a little bit more for Martinez on the feet um, because I do think this thing will play out on the feet. Um, and I think as far as the leg kicks go, it could just help him a little bit more mm-hmm. with that, you know, Orthodox South Paul Paul matchup um also should it go to the ground as you mentioned there uh, Martinez having a couple uh, submission victories but he just has like a little bit of an underrated uh, jiu-jitsu game like I said I don't see either of them shooting for a takedown <laughs> right uh, but I do think should it get to the ground in some crazy scramble or whatever I, I do would probably give Martinez a bit of an advantage there mm-hmm. but we also haven't seen much of right. from Giannis, to be fair so uh, again it could go either way I totally see a world where Yaninez goes out and pieces Martinez up for three rounds and even mm-hmm. finishes him. I, I could see either of these guys genuinely winning, um, but I'm going to go Jonathan Martinez. Unanimous decision.
1: I can't wait to see that. Part,
0: I am so pumped. And it, and I almost hope it goes three rounds, and I just hope it's a three-round just bang fest. That's kind of <laughs> what I'm hoping. A uh, quick change that was just made to this card this past week. Uh, Michelle Pereira was set to face uh, Marc-Andre Berriol, the power bar. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Berriol has dropped off this week uh, due to injury and andre Petrovsky uh will step in on short notice to face him another that's a great fight still mm-hmm. i mean petroski's he's kind of been on fire little key man yeah um let me see real quick i'm gonna pull up the rest of this card i don't know who else is on darren it.
1: darren elkins
0: darren elkins is on it uh christian rodriguez and Cam- cameron simon uh Samen, that's a great fight mm-hmm. as well um I think Terrence McKinney is on this fight, but his opponent was TBD.
1: Yeah, that's what i seen. Chris
0: Gutierrez is down on the prelims, who's Jonathan Martinez's training partner at Factory <laughs> X. Um, yeah. You know, Chris Gutierrez was literally just ranked um, and lost to Pedro Munoz, um, you know, which was really unfortunate for him. Uh, but, you know... Without that loss, you know he's right in the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's getting a nice uh, chance to kind of hit a reset button here. So I'm excited to see him compete again. Emily Ducati versus Ashley Yoder is a great woman's matchup down there. So some really good fights on here. I don't. I'm not seeing who Terrence. I saw he. I saw his opponent, but it's like a no name, like a guy mm-hmm. I've never. I don't know. I think he's making his debut. So
1: yeah, watch out for Log in the yard, baby. Darren Elkins.
0: Yeah. <laughs> log in the yard. <laughs> that was hilarious, John. Let's get into the news. Going on the news, uh, going on the news, uh, uh. if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise.
1: All right. Well, real,
0: real quick, I'm, I'm going to break. I'm going to do some breaking news. Uh, Liz Carmouche did defeat Ilya uh, Lima Lake, excuse me, mm. McFarland via uh, injury TKO so, it looks like McFarlane got injured in round five. Uh, so, can confirm the Bellator.
1: <laughs> Bell is still going to be on a body. Uh, yeah,
0: the, the women's, uh, I think it's the flyweight. Women's flyweight will not go outside oh, vacant. sucks. So, an injury in the fifth. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen any context behind it. Yeah, it'd be
1: interesting to see how the fight, like a, it'd suck to be a close fight or maybe even be winning and then you get an injury. Yeah. And- um, but after what seems like a lifetime, a constant pushback, there's been some form of a crack in the wall that was preventing Aljamain Sterling from fighting teammate Marab Dwalshvili. Per MMA Hour, in an interview, Marab stated that if the UFC offered good money, then he would sit down with Aljo about fighting each other, or in an instance where there was no other fight for each other that they would fight. Obviously, this is a big difference from what Aljo's stance has been about not being willing to fight his teammate.
0: Well Marab was on that stance for a long time as well. But, you know, maybe I don't know, man, maybe he's just kinda realizing it's uh you can't uh can't sit around and wait anymore, man. Like yeah. you said, it's and and Aljo I mean was I would be frustrated if I was May Rob because for a while there Aljo was it seemed anyways pretty dead set win lose no matter what, he was gonna go up. Mm-hmm. So um I, I feel like I have it seems like Aljo Was it Aljo that posted a picture of him and Max Holloway this week and said, like, let's do it? Yeah. Basically, he's like, so so I wonder if, like, Aljo's kind of like coming around, you know. And here's the thing I totally understand after, I mean, the most winningest bantamweight champion of all time. Like, I get Aljo after that loss to, to O'Malley like those couple mm-hmm. of weeks thereafter being like no I want it. I want my bill like I totally and he's well within his right, right. to do so. So I do understand that aspect um for um, uh for um uh, Algemeen excuse me. Um so maybe now that we're here he's just kind of coming around to the idea of like okay maybe I do need to need to go. Up.
1: Well, and the problem too is everything you said before that. You know the 99% chance or for sure I'm do, you know I'm going right. up. That type of stuff. Um but you know we haven't you know, there's been instances where it felt like people were never going to fight and then it happened. So, you know, if something does end up shaking out for this, I mean, that's a crazy, crazy matchup that we didn't even think was possible right. now could be on the table. Um, some big fight announcements coming up. Um, Pierre Yan facing Song Yedong in China, that's December 9th. Location hasn't been announced yet, but it's rumored to be Shanghai. Yeah, um, I thought
0: that was interesting because I feel like if you're going to China, why not do the biggest fight you could do in China with uh, Zhang Weili and Yan Chao Nao? Because you know they always say like logistically, it's just so hard to get to China. So it's like if you got to figure it out, yeah, why wouldn't you go with the big, the big gun, right? right. Like the big, the one that everybody wants to see, and then that would serve as a phenomenal co event as man. well. I yeah. mean that would be a great card.
1: Yeah, and you know, for Pierre Yan. I mean, who's had a tougher like last six, seven fights, and yeah. could be looking at being, you know, what's he lost like four or five in a row at this point?
0: I think it's at least four. Yeah, it's,
1: so it's be. it gets tough for him. Um, the other big fight announcement is Arnold Allen will be making his return against Mavzar Yuvolov. Great uh, fight, another great January twentieth at UFC 90, 297. Yikes. Um, then in a fight changing due to an in injury, um, which. You, did you no, 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 Nazardine or Mavov is out against his fight against. I thought you brought it up earlier. I had a brain fart. Oh, yeah. No, no. I um, see what you're saying. Because you said Nazardine's name earlier. Yeah. Nazardine Mavov is out of his fight against Ikram Elaskarov. Elaskarov. Ikram will remain on the card, but he will be facing Warley Alves instead.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I mean, it I, sucks. That was going to be a good fight. Well, especially
1: for Nazardine trying to come back off of the well, Strickland fight. Yeah, and, and I'm
0: just, well, I really wanted to see. Gerov. You know, you're yeah. supposed to face, face Paulo Costa, and then obviously we got, you know, the Hamzat fight instead. So I really wanted to see him, you know, against somebody like a Nazardine. But, uh, yeah, just not to be. sucks for Ekron, man. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, you got to feel for the guy at this point. I mean, at
1: least he gets to stay on the card. Some of these guys who are making their debut type of thing, yeah. you know, don't get that opportunity. But I feel like he's probably just such a, a big part of what they've been trying to build for this card. Uh, yeah, I couldn't Dhani. agree more. Um, PFL now has a new fighter amongst their ranks as it is announced that they are signing Derek Brunson. The longtime UFC middleweight contender signs an exclusive deal with PFL. Brunson um, plans to compete. In the 2024 light heavyweight season, but shortly after a signing was announced, he was um, also was his first fight in the promotion, and welcome him into the promotion will be none other than Ray Cooper. Yeah, uh, this fight will take place at middleweight November 24th. It's a little bit tricky considering that Brunson wants to go to 205, and Cooper actually fights at 170. But this fight has a lot of potential to be a banger.
0: Yeah, you know, remains to be seen. You know, where Ray Cooper? I don't know. Has he ever fought at middleweight? I wonder. Yeah, I don't
1: I mean, I, I it, feel like the seventy, eighty five is probably one of the is a, a decent jump, but not too, you know, yeah. overwhelming.
0: Well, it just like it remains to be seen, you know, but
1: man. But I, November twenty fourth, that's just around the corner. That is so a- that's not enough time for Brunson probably for him doing the twenty twenty four season at light heavyweight. He's probably bulking up for that, so he's probably not got into that process yet because he was just scheduled to fight in the UFC at middleweight, yeah. You know, not a month ago.
0: I mean, physically, it'll be you know tough for them, you know, for a matchup for Ray Cooper, but man, Cooper has. Hands like hands, dynamite. chin, and, he, and he's wrestling. not a bad ras- wrestler. Yeah. yeah, I almost said wrestling. No, wrestling. I mean, he's you know he's a Hawaiian state wrestling champion, which you know take that. I mean, I wouldn't put that on a you know. He he's fought. High he's pedestal, fought some really good
1: wrestlers and, and showed his he's showed not his medal. Bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, so it's like that's a tough first fight for um, uh, Brunson. for Brunson and I mean a lot of these guys, man, that went over um you know to PFL had a, a rude awakening yeah. this past season, man. I mean, it's not easy. There's there's some serious talent over there in the PFL. So,
1: Well, and, and I mean, luckily for him, he's now one of the bigger names at light heavyweight, can, depending on who comes back from after – you know the mishap they had.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, all the guys failing. I mean, yeah, if the, if most of those guys come back, you know, it's one thing to come back. Because then you got like your champion Rob Wilkinson, right? Who you know pops, fails, mm-hmm. and then gets suspended. Um, went on a crazy run last season. You know how much of his run was induced by right. performance enhancing stuff? So it remains to be seen how he looks coming back, mm-hmm. or uh, Thiago Santos. Santos, or um, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, it starts with a K, the Polish guy. That yeah, there. I can't oh, remember his name blanking. either. I almost said Krzysztof Szczeski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can't remember. Even
1: um, the guy who uh, lost to Joaquin Buckley, the one we were just talking about. Oh,
0: Impakasang. Impa yeah. He's,
1: he had yeah. a crazy little, you know, kind of Cinderella story coming through there, yeah. so... Um, in Bellator news, Patrici, or Patricio Pitbull said in an interview, "It looks like Bellator might be taken over by another organization." Which yeah, is what is,
0: do, this whole on again, off again thing is wild. Yeah,
1: which here's the other thing, as I, I feel like you know, as much as they said they're just gonna run it out until it's over. I don't see a world where because you know, because like, if you're a PF like if you can buy Bellator, then you can hold on to these sure. contracts, and guys just aren't free to just completely scatter, sure, um but he did say that he was willing to fulfill his agreement afterwards he'll see what proposals are on the table, but he feels like his career deserves a trip to the uFC mm. I mean we've talked about it when there was the whole you know pictures on the UFC roster, yeah, you know where are these guys going to end up. Um, I also seen that Ryan Bader had said that obviously not knowing what the future that's going to be, and his opponent fell off. Mm for this um Bellator 300.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. who I can see the guys. I'm, I am like... It's not Vessel, is it? Y- Vassell? Vassell, yeah. Yeah. L- L- Linton Vassell. Yeah, yeah, he
1: fell off, but he's looking at like a potential, like, you know, Francis is looking yeah. kind of like a good, and that's a huge, obviously, yeah. opportunity for them. Um But it just will be interesting to see how this stuff starts shaking out on Patricio at 155 or even 45 in the UFC.
0: I'd love to see him, and I just feel like he's running out
1: of time. Yeah, it might be too getting, late. He's
0: just getting up there, and then... Yeah, we just got to, if if it's going to happen, it just needs to mm-hmm. happen.
1: It's kind of like the Hector Lombard thing where it's like he ran yeah. through so many people over there by the time he got over. Yeah. You know, maybe it was a little too late. Uh, in 1FC News, Mikey Musumeci submits the legendary Sinya with the move made popular by mm-hmm. Aoki with the Aoki lock. Yep. Um, big, big win. Really? It's, it's, I mean, I know he's a character in general, um, but... Uh, the way he like reacted afterwards Like he's just a different type of guy Oh dude. Who, my, my Yeah
0: Darth Rigatoni
1: Um I also seen that Angela Lee Retired officially
0: Yeah Yeah man that was emotional
1: Yeah Um And, and I Man who can blame her obviously After what's happened with him Yeah
0: But then shout out to Stamp Fairtex Yeah who, getting the belt And because of that retirement Became the champion Yeah that was big
1: Um And then lastly In some boxing news Champion Canelo Alvarez Defeats Jermel Charlo By unanimous decision uh, Jamel came up two weight classes and was defeated pretty easily. Fans and media alike are now calling for the fight that they wanted to see before this one, which is a matchup with David Benavidez. Um, obviously, Canelo has also talked about wanting to get his win back against Bivol, but um, who knows if that actually happens. And then, lastly, in a weird turn of events, Tyson Fury, who was slated to face or is slated to face Francis Ngannou in October, has agreed to face current heavyweight champion Alexander Usyk in December in Abu Dhabi as well.
0: Yeah, that's a bold move, man. Yeah, because,
1: and then and obviously it prompted France's response of, you know, what's the limitation on medical suspensions? Because, yeah, I mean,
0: well, like I told you guys, like my whole, or was tell, telling you my whole thing with it is like, okay, even if, even if Tyson Fury wins, like what happens to, um, uh, If he gets cut Mm -hmm. like that, like that could be a medical suspension. Like you're really putting that whole fight in writ at risk, you know, because of that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, you did not announce Sean Brady and Calvin Gastelum. Uh, they will be taking on, uh, in a main event, uh, UFC main event, uh, or just as a UFC event, excuse me, not main event on December 2nd. Uh, so that is a, Massive, massive one I'm excited for. I'm really surprised, not surprised that uh, you did not bring up Israel Adesanya pleading guilty to drunk driving in New Zealand. Mm. Um, that was a really, really big one for me. Um, and in what was more shocking about all of that um, was that it was three weeks before the Strickland fight. Uh, so, wow. You know, that's, I mean, I don't know as an Izzy fan, you know, hearing, um, you know, here's the thing, like, I mean, first off, there's no excuse or a world in which drunk driving is ever okay. Um, having a couple of drinks three weeks out from a fight though, you know, that's kind of more on you, but I guess I would just like to think as, you know, one of, you know the i mean who am i but like at the same time like a little bit more focused man right like if you're getting arrested for drunk driving you were over a limit which means you pushed it a little bit too far right um and i'm not saying that there's not fighters that don't have drinks during camp but man three weeks out is pretty close to be out uh yeah putting i mean him down putting it, him back it,
1: you know it, the the scary part of it is just the similarities of just kind of the build and where he gets to when you do you know have like the john joneses where they start smelling themselves and they get to partying a lot in between and obviously izzy's found himself in the spot to be you know have a lot of money and attention uh obviously so hopefully this kind of just that and then the loss as well kind of just really gives him a chance to refocus
0: yeah, it's, uh, yeah, really, really interesting, though. Like I said, just given the result there mm-hmm. um, from, you know, with that fight and then seeing that, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, if I do say so myself. Right. Uh, John, what is your song of the week?
1: Song of the week? I'm going to go first-person shooter Drake. That's a great Because one. the what?
0: Yeah, that's... Because the what? Great song. I've still... Um Yeah, I think I'm still only, like, on the new Drake album. I think I'm still only, like, two or three songs that I like. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I
1: got through it, and it was, I mean, that, the uh, 8 8, 8 p.m. in Charlotte, and then maybe, like, the 21 Savage.
0: I like the 21 Savage one. I think that was, like, that might be literally my three. Yeah, the Sizzle one was just, like, okay. Did not like the Sexy Red one. Oh,
1: dude, that one, the Yeet one. Yeah,
0: just just not (laughs) really. Chief Keef
1: one, I thought we were going to get a little bit more out of that. Yeah. Just, I don't know, maybe he needs to take a little step back because I thought her loss was better than this. So. Yeah,
0: couldn't agree more. Uh, John, what is your one for the people?
1: Uh, my one for the people is I'm actually reading this book called Theft of Swords by Michael Sullivan. And it's kind of like a, um, a fantasy thriller, kind of like a imagine like a Game of Thrones world. And it's like starting, to, it doesn't have like any type of magic in it at all. And then now it's starting to weave it in. It's just wrote really well. So, so I
0: love that you just brought that up because I, I was actually, you know, Completely was hoping Brandon would obviously be here to talk to him about it because he always gives me stuff. But I've never read a fiction book. I mm. always, if I read something, I want it to be like right. real, like you know what I mean. Um, that's right, right? Fic, fiction, yeah, fic- yeah. Um, so I want it to be real. I usually do, like keep my attention. So, um, I had finished my my last book a couple weeks ago, uh, Cobalt Red, which I actually let Brandon borrow, um, for his trip, and I was like, you know what. I'm gonna take a flyer. I'm gonna do a fictional book. So I, I did do a little bit of research, and I landed on one um, called Burnham Wood, um, mm. and man, it is so I usually read before bed and it helps calm me down, helps me go to sleep. And this has been more of a problem than anything where like I'm reading for like an hour and a half every mm-hmm. night before bed, um, because I'm just so invested in this uh, story and it's so damn good. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to nonfiction.
1: Well, you know what it is for me, like for, for this, um, for this book, cause it's a three book series. It's yeah. about, about 800 pages. I'm, I'm about 70% through, but yeah, since I've watched so many shows that are in this vein, yeah, I can imagine everything that's happened and from sure. based on like a scene. Maybe I've already seen in my mind, kind of pieces it together, yeah. Um, and I had previously, probably about a month ago, finished this other book called. Uh, the 13 hallows and it was by um a couple years ago I read a huge like eight book series by this guy but he basically kind of does like a Forrest Gump thing where he kind of intertwines history within his story yeah and historical people and that one was really good so I was like well let me that one was only like 300 pages so like let sure. me take a big boy down and this one has just been I'll be at work trying to finish off a chapter or something and I'm looking at my machine about to crash and I'm trying to hurry up and
0: it is funny how like um I've always like you know that like uh Leonardo DiCaprio uh, the Leo meme where uh, it's from uh, the Django where he's like, mmm, yeah, he's making like the face. That's like always been me when people are like, Oh, but the movie wasn't as good as the book. <laughs> right. Like, Shut up. I kind of get it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I kind of understand it because um, like what you just said is I can imagine it. Like, Like, in this book, in this Burnham Wood, like, I know what these characters look like. I can see them all in my head. So I could then see in a movie where, like, ah, that's not really what I pictured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, I was telling Ash, it's crazy how they'll spend, like four or five pages just explaining how somebody feels about a conversation that they're having, you know what I mean, it's like, it's just so in depth, and it just goes so much deeper than probably what you could cover in like an hour, two hour movie, so I do kind of sympathize (laughs) with people, I mean there is no movie for this book yet or that I know of, Um, so I do understand, I could see where like now because like I said, I've just never read Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously in school we had to read some stuff, but uh, for pleasure I'll say I've never like read a, a fictional book, and I was telling her, I'm like Man, I feel like I'm just going to have to like find like a series now. Like I need like a like I need like a book series that I can get into. Dude, the go, one like, that one I went through deep.
1: it was like I said not only was it like 12 books but there's like 6 offshoot books for characters in it yeah. um, so if you ever want to dive into that but for this one like what makes it so good for me is and I think the reason I've always lo- liked fiction is because like nonfiction, a lot of times you obviously know what happens sure. you're just learning extra stuff this is literally like because I can get so invested in it it's like oh man this is happening yeah. and you know even going back to like the book and the show thing you were talking about like we hear people as Game of Thrones fans talk about like yeah. um, I, even like on Reddit and stuff I hear people talk about how that's not how Jon Snow is or you know this could have been so much better if this person was sure. there. And like you said, you start getting it. once you read these like real in-depth books where it's like the character development is better. Oh like yeah. Scenes are conveyed better.
0: I will never read the game of Thrones books that I can promise you from yeah. what I've been told. There is no way I will. I don't want to get that in depth. That's a little too much. You never me. know, man. Uh, my one for the people, John breaking news, uh, Notre Dame lost.
1: Yeah. I, seen it. I just got a notification. Uh,
0: that means, um, that Notre Dame, the fighting Irish, their playoff hopes are gone. For this season, yeah. uh, how do you feel in this moment, John?
1: It does suck, but you know Crystal Palace beat Man U, so suck it. <laughs>
0: they did, <laughs> they did. That's another sorry team in my life right now. I've got a lot of sorry teams in my life right now.
1: Yeah, um, Brandon probably would have loved to be here for not, not for any burn towards you and your teams. I don't know what it is, his vendetta for you, but yeah,
0: not a lot, not a lot of winning going on in my life to say the least. Um, so yeah, I just uh, it's crazy, man. Kyle won, though, It's over. There you go. (laughs) Uh, My last one for the people, though, actually. uh, Just, uh, again, uh, appreciate everybody for kind of allowing us to have that last week off, um, you know, with the uh, no fights and stuff like that. You know, Mm -hmm. it was nice to... be able to take a step back get a little reset get a little recharge miss
1: fighting a little bit
0: yeah for sure it was nice yeah it's it's nice you know here we are watching artist scrap, ufc bellator all in one night you know, <laughs> right. that's just kind of what it is but yes no i agree it was nice to take a step back and um i will say uh that is something in the future that we'll try to stay ahead of but we probably will do again mm-hmm. um if it stacks up like that to where we can do it we probably will so we had
1: 17 saturdays in a row before this yeah
0: night. yeah it's a lot I mean, it's a lot of work and, and, you know, we do work full-time jobs, families, all this other stuff. So, um, like I said, in the future, um, I, I've, not saying it's gonna be too often but you can expect like the the streak is over like right. you know the run of of doing a show every week is done so even like at the end of the year you know we usually try to like force an episode or two out mm-hmm. probably not gonna happen this yeah. year just like spoiler alert like <laughs> well you
1: know. and it, and it's better to be able to just kind of you know save yourself you know save your energy save yeah. your your concentration yeah. you know for because there, there is a lot of great stuff happening down the pipe but You know, having this week off made it a lot easier to be able to get ready for that
0: man. And like I said, like I'll always watch the fights. I love them. I'm into it. I love it. Um, but it's just like these like couple of weeks, three, four weeks here up until, you know, this next UFC, which is the next pay-per-view is massive, obviously Mm -hmm. super cannot wait. It's just like there's not a lot to talk about there, you know, other than reacting to the fights themselves. You know, there's not much on the line in terms. Even for this. I mean,
1: what does Bobby Green get except for another good fight eventually? I mean,
0: dude, everything we just talked about is like maybe you get like the main event winner maybe gets top 15, you know. we're I mean, we were kind of trying to push him a little higher there. Like, we can give him anybody. But, yeah, you're talking about rankings on the line and top 15 opponents, which for these fighters is huge and massive. And I'm glad to be able to tell that story. but. I don't think we need to do it every, like, right in the week. If we can take a week there, you know what I mean? Like, right. We'll get to it. Well, even
1: me. this next fight coming up, I mean, uh, if, if Yusef yeah. or Barbosa win, it's not like they're going to get the next shot at sure. you know Volkanovski. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I enjoy talking about it more in depth and just kind of combing through it. Right. You know, so that that was the main reason for the week off. And, again, if we can kind of find more – in there we definitely will Mm -hmm. so uh, but come back next Monday because we will be back recapping Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barbosa um, and we will there's a chance we might preview uh, the next pay-per-view we'll talk Mm -hmm. about it Um, so that might be on next week's episode as well but we'll let you guys know until then peace. peace